What up, good people? Welcome back to the fourth season of Love and Grit. I'm Laia. I'm Justin. And I'm Rachel. And today's show focuses on one man for many reasons. Here are three off the top of my head. Number one, he's the reason fill in the blank is your favorite live show artist. Number two, he is the reason that you are still thinking about last year's Super Bowl and unbeknownst to you, the reason you're looking forward to this year's. And most importantly, he is Philly and South Jersey. Today, we get into the love and grit that drives Adam Blackstone. But first around the Philly fans, Justin, what we doing? We're celebrating 50 years of hip hop. So who's your favorite Philly hip hop artist? Oh. Rachel? Rachel? Thank you. Thank you, guys. <laughs> I'm going to say, how about one of my favorite songs? Oh, wait. No, that's not wait. I can do what I want. So one of my favorite Justin. songs is by <laughs> Philly artist Meek Mill. And I still really like Dreams and Nightmares. I do what I want. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. I do okay. what I want. Okay, I'm going to cheat like Rachel because it's the theme and I want to do an old and a new. So for my old favorite Philly hip hop artist, I'm saying The Roots, Black Thought, no doubt. And my new, come on, Tierra Whack, come through. She mom. Yeah. Yeah. Visual. It don't feel good to do it the way you want to do it. Yeah, but I still kind of kept within them. Okay, Justin. And I'll be a complete role follower per usual. (laughs) I'm going with Eve. I've just always thought she's amazing. And I sometimes forget she's from Philly. She's such a big star. Yes, a lot of people do. So remind them, Justin. Thank you. But I mean, Adam Blackstone, he's a star. Oh, he is a musical mastermind. Oh, all right. Well, then I guess I should get this thing started. Again, I am challenged with coming up with an introduction for a man that should need none. You would think that a Philly-made, Jersey-born bassist who has designed, created, and arranged live shows for the likes of Justin Timberlake, Jay-Z, Janet Jackson, Alicia Keys, Maroon 5, Eminem, and others of that caliber would need no introduction. I mean, a man who is now the go-to music director for most of our favorite award shows, whose name you see in the opening credits. P.S. That is a flex. A man who has had the smarts to partner with his wife to form a company of live musicians and production folks, which would populate most of the live show network across the globe. And now this man has released his first studio album filled with collaborations of not just some of his favorite artist friends like Queen Latifah, Mary Mary, Robert Glasper, but also he keeps it Philly with beautiful collabs with Jasmine Sullivan, Jill Scott, Jazzy Jeff, The Baylor Project, Hey Jean, and Loving Grit's own Lauren Talese. The album is called Legacy, and the man that should need no introduction, his name is Adam Blackstone. You're actually literally working on the Super Bowl right now. I am literally in Los Angeles, California with my girl, Queen Rihanna. We are preparing for a very big sporting event slash concert. Okay, it's coming up soon. It's coming up soon. This will be my fourth Super Bowl halftime, and this one is ultra special to me. Uh, Hold up, do the roll call, Adam, for the people that don't know. My first was Justin Timberlake. I then did Shakira and J-Lo. Last year, we won an Emmy for Dr. Dre. Now, technically, this is my fifth Super Bowl involvement because my Philly connection, I brought my girl Jasmine Sullivan on in between those years to sing the anthem. She, of course, shut the world down in that two minutes. I was honored to be a part of that as well and represent, no pun intended, but all pun intended, the legacy of what Philly has meant to me and what it has meant to many, many other artists and how we have influenced the world, like straight up. What was your most memorable moment from last year's halftime show? 
I had a couple memorable moments. I want to see if it's me, one of mine. Me not being from L.A. Okay. And seeing 200 field cast people see walk. Mm-hmm. I think that was a cultural moment that will live in infamy. And I don't think we even realized the impact that a dance can have yeah. on culture and people and where we did it was a whole different thing. I'm able to talk about it post and after now. So that was big for me being a fan of Snoop and a fan of the culture and stuff like that. And to know where it came from and what it represented. And we used it as a unifying tool in the creative art space. And then I think for me, full circle moment was, it's a general favorite moment, but listening to these artists, specifically early 90s, late 90s growing up, and then sharing the stage with them and them making me feel welcome to be, quote unquote, in the room and on that stage that I was a part of history with Dre, Snoop, M, Kendrick, 50, Mary J. Blige. You know, I'm, I'm huge fans of music, specifically theirs, and um, got to play some of my favorite songs just in general. You don't always get to do that. Sometimes when you work for an artist and you do an hour and a half show, you know, you have your favorites and then you have your ones that's not like... With this being an action-packed 13 minutes, I just play the radio. Just being able to do that, Rachel, is to me a, a dream come true. It was like, these are the songs that played on Power 99. This is it. I love that you gave, as far as the dance, as one of your memorable moments because it's the 50th anniversary of hip-hop. And a lot right. of times when we think about those conversations, people think simply of the artist but fail to have conversations about DJs and dances and that that's a form of social justice and activism and so many other things. Yeah, it unifies, it encompasses who we are as a people, it encompasses where our music came from and where it's continuing to evolve to. One of my brothers and top 10 MCs, Black Thought, he and the Roots in general, like they embody where it was just like, we found it, a privilege to talk about the struggle in an open forum. And so even for me, I encompass so much in my body of just like, I'm a little bit quest love, but I'm a little bit puff daddy at the same time. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And so all of those men and women, I'm a little bit Jill, but I'm also a little bit Nicki Minaj. Like, Me you too. Know mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say a little Kim, but yes. A little bit Sean G, but I'm a little bit Suge Knight as well. You know what I'm saying? So it's This like, is a great way to be described. So who handles wardrobe and stylists? Because 50 and that shirt, I remember thinking, was that the original shirt? Or... From the video? Rachel, you crazy. He can't fit in it. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. I just, but I love 50. Leave that chunky man alone. Don't do that. <laughs> hey, listen, 20, middle yeah. age weight gain is real. All right. We don't judge years. sizes here. We don't oh, judge we do not. We do not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm playing. No, I don't think that was the original, but it was for sure derivative of how impactful G-Unit clothing was mm-hmm. in society, period. We ain't going to never discredit the shoes, the sneaks, the undershirts, bandanas, and like, you know, the bubble coats and all of that. G-Unit was like, whoa, we had Rockefeller, you had G-Unit, you had Bad Boy. It was like, Sean John is like, wait, these people are wearing their own clothes? That is a good point. I remember when I was in college and we were singing 50 songs and my mom was singing the same songs, you know, so much your birthday. It, it became like, oh, pop. He became mm-hmm. pop. Yeah. It's undeniably that hip hop is pop music right now. Yeah. We don't mean pop necessarily Britney Spears, but pop popular. 
Yeah. For 50, life. For life. And so 50 being co-signed by Dre and Eminem was one of those first ones on a hood level that kind of made it super duper mainstream again because Dre and Snoop did it for sure. But that was mm. it seemed locational. Big and Puff did it. And sometimes that seemed locational. He did it on a whole like yeah. global and started on mixtapes. Yeah. 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 So are you and Beyonce like, do you talk smack on each other since you're up <laughs> against each other for a Grammy? I'm not even understanding this sentence that Justin just yeah, we, asked. I, I can't believe I even asked that sentence. I, I mean, you're I, up. I, this is your first studio album. It's amazing. Yeah. Thank you very much, Just. And you're nominated. What I, does that feel like from a guy from Philadelphia? Yeah, it feels surreal a little bit. I've worked with B in the past through Mr. Carter. I got to be honest, man, and say the category I'm in, best traditional R&B, it's nobody singing better than Jasmine Sullivan in that. Yo, I can't front as much respect and love and admiration that I have for Beyonce, Mary J. Blige, Snow Allegra, Babyface. I think they will all agree, though. People will be rooting for Jasmine. I think Jasmine Sullivan is. Yeah, yeah we're, we're huge Jasmine Sullivan fans. I mean, listen, so is Beyonce, I'm sure. And so is being so is Mary. Yeah. And so yeah. is Snow. I feel like we have the opportunity to bring this thing back home to Philly. I also feel like. If I can be completely transparent, honest, the nomination alone feels like a win to me. Right. With these- and I'm not trying to discredit the trophy. I've been dreaming about that trophy since I was seven years old. But at the same time, to walk in that room and to walk into the atmosphere, the building as a nominee, respected against my peers and every category is just as important as song of the year, record of the year. So it doesn't matter. You wear that medallion, you wear that nominee tag very proudly. And I and I do. I'm going to represent my city. I might shock the world. We're going to see what happens. But I'm just so thankful to be on the number I am not going to take this for granted that it can happen again. Mm-hmm, uh, right. My last nomination was Teach Me for Music Soul Child. Wow. So that was like maybe 04. And this uh, has got to be uber personal. I mean, to make an album, all these songs with so many of your friends, it spans your, I mean, it's so good. It's such good music. You, you must be so proud of it too. And then again, to be against these people, yeah. There's just so much talent. Lauren Talese, there's so much talent. Just mm-hmm. like, how does so much talent come from Philly? So much talent. You couldn't fit them all on the album. I couldn't <laughs> even fit them all. We, I'm going to give you all an exclusive that we we got to do Legacy 2 this year just to kind of make it happen. So That's awesome. Funny story about Lauren Talese. She was the first person I met at school when I moved to Philly in 2000. And let me correct myself because I always lump her in as a Philly artist, but Lauren is very much so from the Midwest. She's <laughs> Cleveland, to- Ohio for yes. sure she yes. she's gonna make it no however just like i was born in jersey and raised in jersey philly adopted me 23 years ago and so me and lauren me too. we represent for sure but you don't lauren, have to be born in philly to be a philadelphia that's the, oh, truth. That. the truth man it's so much brotherly and sisterly love they accepted us and i think it's the brotherhood at any point at larry gold's the studio you could walk in and it was brandy rodney jerkin scott storch Justin Timberlake, Erica Badu, Anthony Hamilton, Jill Scott, and everybody was welcoming. We learned so much from the camaraderie of being in Philadelphia. And so each other's 
genius talent rubbed off on each other. I took from everybody. I ain't gonna front. Like, I'm like, I want a piece of that. I want a piece of that. And then hone in on it, study it. And Philly was just so on top with the music production and songwriting at that point. A lot of times people see your successes. There have been so many. Can you tell people like a story of where it could have went the wrong way and it ended up you made a decision and it kind of changed everything for you? Being out with OK Player Tour and me Mm -hmm. leaving school and then choosing to go back to school as the tour continued. Then I ended up finally leaving school for a moment in time in 03. And I talked to my mama and she was like, oh, yeah, you can go on tour as long as you promise me to get your degree. I remember telling the record label, like, yo, I got to go back to school. And then 2003 turned into 2013 real fast. And I went back to school and got the degree from my mom in 2013. And at that point, I was already successful. But it was Mm -hmm. like I had a promise to my mom. And she let me leave school. So that's I know that's small, but it's like those are life decisions where, you know, as an adolescent black male going to college, I had a full scholarship. And so for me to choose to leave was just like, wait, are you sure you want to do this? So I had the backing from my parents. Another funny story I ain't going to front is I'm doing Coachella. And Dr. Dre, 2011-ish, 2012, said, I got this new young kid, a rapper. I want you to work with him. And I was just like, I ain't got no time, bro. I ain't got no time. I'm busy. He was like, no, trust me, he going to be really good. I can talk about this now because we all know what it is. But mm-hmm, mm. I was just like, it sounds really good, but I just don't have time. And so I ended up passing on Kendrick Lamar. Uh, good kid, bad city time. Right before that, too, actually. Okay. I mean, you can't work with everybody, can you? Yeah, but I mean, there's some things where, you know, like you said, like it could have right. gone a whole nother direction. Mm-hmm. Thank God, honestly, lies. Not too many bad stories, but Quest Love, as the roots became super duper popular after Unplugged, he was pulled into a lot of different directions and then they got Fallon. So he had this super closed door meeting with me and Sean G had a meeting with me and Omar Edwards. And he was like, listen, we got Jay-Z. We got Kanye West. One of y'all have to go do this. One of y'all have to go do that. And so I chose yay. And Omar has been with Jay-Z ever since that meeting. That was oh five. I went and did the Glow in the Dark tour with Kanye and Jay has, of course, been Jay-Z and, you know, Mogul and Super. And so it's a full circle moment for specifically these last couple of Super Bowls to be involved with Jay and Rock Nation. Right. right. Because he's but, the man right. behind but the music. Are, yes. Yeah. But those are moments where you make a lifelong decision. You make and, a decision. And honestly, that, like if you were working for him, you wouldn't be able to be the music director of the Super Bowl. You know, so it's like. I feel like it ends everything up happens for a reason. Way. I was just about yeah. to say you really have to trust God and just know mm-hmm. that you're planted and you're making the right decision for yourself. Because if you second guess yourself, those actions will permeate into your work. The reason why I think I work so as much as I do is less about the music and more about my decision making. 
for the artist. I'm going to protect the artist. I'm going to protect their space. And so you have to be very sure and confident in yourself to do that. Because it's um, not just a person. It's a brand. Right? It's, it's a, a gigantic it's a brand. brand. Yeah. Well, that makes me also think about when you were talking about decisions and you had to utilize your time because you have to also yeah. protect your energy and think about your health. And now you have a family. You mentioned your wife and you have two beautiful kids. Let's talk a little bit more about legacy, but as it relates to family. With my husband, I've tried to get him to journal for my son to like tell stories from his childhood. So he has it later or God forbid anything ever happens. The fact that you made my album specifically for my children through the pandemic. I lost a cousin. I lost some friends. They didn't survive. Some of my friends lost their parents. And you know what? I went to a homeboy at Paris Bowen's funeral, one of the most incredible men and musicians and fathers. And then I decided right in that moment, playing for Justin Timberlake is a blessing. Jill, Jay-Z, Kanye, Rihanna, Janet Jackson. But what do I have to hand my kids that they can be proud of to own from themselves, specifically from me as a parent? And so I didn't want to leave this earth without handing them something tangible that was not financial. And I didn't want to leave this earth, not selfishly, with a laptop full of ideas. That's what Jazzy Jeff said. Leave here empty. I dove into my 30, 45 day legacy album making period and went hard. That's what you gave yourself? 35 days? Yeah, I just kind of like had tunnel vision around Juneteenth and kind of went through August and I did it. When I put my focus on anything, nothing stopping me. So when I finished it, I was like, wait, this is good. And not that I do it for awards or accolades, but getting the Grammy nomination more recently, we got two Image Award nominations for the album. We're recognized on Billboard number one, top Spotify jazz. And we it's get like, to hear you sing. We get to hear I'm Adam Blackstone sing. I'm singing a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it, Sound amazing. It, it just really encompasses who I am. I'm a jazz head. I'm a gospel guy. I'm R&B. I'm hip hop. Legacy is all of that for me. And I'm just so thankful that the people have received it. I'm doing some shows now and announcing some runs and got something really good brewing. Oh, we love a good tease. We're going to see what happens. It's going to be a really great year for Legacy and myself and just seeing my name. You know, I've always been totally fine supporting other artists and getting that accolade of people in the background knowing that I was involved, but it feels like a whole nother surreal moment seeing my name in lights and being the guy announced as the artist. So it was a good business opportunity for you too to sort of put yourself in those shoes. Yeah, Mm. I just didn't didn't do it for business though. And I think that's what people need to understand is that when you have a love and a passion for something, you're not doing it to make a gain or a move. You're doing it for yourself. And if you do it with love for yourself and for your art, people will take notice. And that's where the gain and the finances will come because you believe in it. That's Philly. If you look at any rapper, that is Philly. If you look at any rapper, if you look at any viral sensation, even sometimes we talk about these one hit wonders or something, but it's like they believe so hard in what they're doing. It makes you be like, I think I do like this song. <laughs> you look at somebody like Cardi, she like, yo, I can rap. 
And you be like, you know what? You believe it? I believe it too. It's true. That's Nobody 10, questions 10, her now. 10 million streams or something crazy. And you look at people that I think are very in a niche. Shout out to one of our jazz now icons, Robert Glasper. I was just like, about to say you on his heels. I was wondering if y'all had really, spoken. Yeah. He has really like defined this category and him being so young. He's an icon now, period. Yes. And so he's opened the door for people like me. James Poyser has opened the door for people like me to really hone in on a sound that is not chasing anything. It's authentically who they are. And I love this lane that we all in as peers and we're going to continue to rock for sure. There are a lot of people out there that want to start in this business. Do you have any advice for folks? Yes. Have integrity. Be a person of character. I think that your character speaks way more volumes than your talent. When you walk into these rooms and there are no instruments and there is no microphone, what will people say about you? I personally like to think that I am not defined by music and I'm defined by my character and who I am as a man and as a father. And the musician aspect just comes along with that. But if you're a good character person and you have an attitude of gratitude, I think that people will always remember who you are and how you can help them. That's what I would tell people trying to young people trying to get into this business for sure. Don't chase the money. The money will come if you do good work straight up. What's left on your checklist? Your to do. I got to get the EGOT. I got to do it. Why we not? were talking about that. We're how like, we going to get to Tony? But how we going to get to Tony? What is it play? What you, what you doing? What are you working on? Clay, tell us. <laughs> I'm working on something special on Broadway for sure. That's amazing. 2023 or 24? It is 23. I just want to make sure I can buy tickets. That's all. (laughs) You better get your quest love on. Come on, man. He set the blueprint for me and to know that all of this is attainable. I don't think growing up that I even thought this was a thing to be able to do. He's doing so much that people don't even realize he got nominated for a Grammy this year for his audiobook. It's just really incredible. So he has shown little black boys like me, I can do it. And so it's going to happen. And I know my words have power and I'm speaking it into existence and I'm opening the doors for the next Adam Blackstone and just making sure that young kids know that there are no limits to your dreams for sure. And then just dream big because I don't know if I dreamt this, to be honest. Mm -mm. I like to ask us, what does love and grit mean to you? Love and grit means to me passion It means focus. The grit in general just means that you are willing to do whatever it takes to get what you need and to drive your passion. The love behind it is what fuels it to be great. So if you have passion with greatness, you can't go wrong. To me, that defines Philly's love and grit for whatever that may be. Baseball, basketball, football, music, economics, creative arts, whatever we do, we do it with passion and we want to strive always for greatness, which is the grit behind it. So that's what it means to me. Adam is just an amazing role model. He is inspiring. I love 
how family oriented he is in addition to just his love for Philly. Like we said, anytime you see him, he's always going to give you love. He's not going to act new. And it was just a great interview. Yeah, he loves you, Laia. Well, I mean, uh, I-, I love him. He totally is paying it forward like a good Philadelphian and should do because he received it. I love the fact that he received the love from Questlove and now he even has a business where he distributes the love back so people can get gigs. I'm so much about that and people have no idea how your favorite band or artist is backed by Philadelphia people on the regular. And we've had a a bunch of people he's mentioned on Love and Grit if you haven't heard those episodes. Yeah, Questlove, Sean G, the manager of The Roots and president of Live Nation Urban, Lauren Talese, who he went to school with and now she is just the voice of this city. Like beautiful. She is beautiful. So listen to Legacy. People that we need to get on the podcast, that's for sure. Oh yeah, they're all on the album. So shout out to Jazzy Jeff. Yes. Uh, shout out to Jasmine Sullivan, who Justin yes. thinks has been on the show. Yes. Uh, Just because I love her so much, I'm in her <laughs> presence so much. And shout out to the Baylor Project because we coming for y'all too, good married Season folks. four, baby. Right. Yes. Season four, loving great. Right. Yes, 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 yes. Glad to be back with you guys. Always. Oh, like we never left. Bye.